It is Monday, December 18th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Ravens inch closer to the one seed in the AFC. And Steph's streak comes to an end. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Ravens dominate the Jacksonville Jaguars. Lamar Jackson with another big day. The Bills dominate the Cowboys. Keep their playoff hopes alive. And for the first time in forever, Steph didn't make a three. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Well, like we do each and every Monday, AJ, we look back on the Sunday that was in the NFL. And yeah, we had some Saturday games we can look at as well. But let's start with Sunday night football last night. The Baltimore Ravens handling the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-7 as Baltimore improves to 11-3 and and inches closer to capturing that one seed in the AFC playoff picture. Man, this was one of those games that, like, when you look up at the final stats and you see Lamar Jackson only threw for 171 yards, it's kind of shocking because it felt like every time there was a big throw to be made, he made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he dominated on the ground, 12 carries, 97 yards. Uh, it, and this was just – it looked like men against boys. Uh, I, I don't want to say that the Jacksonville defense got exposed as, like, phony – but the Jacksonville defense isn't what we thought it was early in the year. I can say that with certainty. And the offense is starting to show some holes. And Trevor Lawrence, I don't know if it's the ankle or what, but he doesn't look great. Uh, and I, I think this was just a uh, this was a statement game for the Baltimore Ravens, who, to me, I mean, there's there's no doubt in my mind who who the, the team to beat in the AFC is, and it's Baltimore. Yeah, for the Jaguars, you know, they had the busted coverage play where Jamal Agnew goes for the 65-yard touchdown. But other than that, I mean, yeah, there was the touchdown that wasn't a touchdown to Calvin Ridley late in the game, but they just showed nothing on offense. Uh, Really, Trevor Lawrence, he does not look right. I know he after he got sacked last night, he was shaking his hand a little bit like he couldn't make the throws. Definitely not a prototypical performance like you would expect. No, and the the fumble, I mean, a key fumble. Like, it, Trevor Lawrence continues to have this problem holding on to the football. Um, but, it, again, it wasn't – it's not all that Trevor Lawrence was bad. It's that the Baltimore defense was just swarming. I, I mean, these guys are good at every level. There's constant pass rush. It's hard to get anything over their defensive backs. Like, this is a really complete team. When Lamar Jackson is able to throw the ball with success, I mean, this team is as good as any. And – uh, defensively, very stout performance, and and just really took away. There was there was no running game to be had for Jacksonville today, none. So once once you make them one dimensional, it, it was a an easy showing. Let me ask you something, because you have every time we're on the Dream Pod and we talk about the Baltimore Ravens, you're like, you know, they lost Mark Andrews, and I don't trust their offense without Mark Andrews. The past couple of games for Isaiah Likely filling in six uh, four catches for forty yards, but then the last two games. Five for 83 and a touchdown, five for 70 and a touchdown last night. It sure seems like he's doing the Mark Andrews job. Yeah, he, he is. And it, it's weird that they, they, they there's no consistency with who gets the ball with Andrews out. It's it's very hit or miss. Like, 
Uh, Rashad Bateman had a, a he started out hot. He got a lot of the early targets, and then they didn't go to him in the second half. Zay Flowers, who's been phenomenal the last two weeks, caught one football yesterday. So I, I I'm not sure who they like on on any given week what their what their decision making is for who's going to be the the go to guys. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, who has been kind of getting earning more and more uh, snaps at running back. Looks like he's done for the season. Hurt his knee pretty bad last night, but um, yeah, Isaiah Likely's picked up well, and it, and really, it's a it's next man up for this this Ravens mm-hmm. team. They've got a bunch of guys who are capable of doing the job. Likely, ma- he made the catch on what was, I mean, you talk about a, a highlight reel for the season. The play that Lamar made to get the ball to Isaiah Likely, you know, deep down the field, it was like a 25-yard gain where he escapes the sack and gets the ball out just before another sack and then Likely basically just takes the ball away from the defensive back that should have been a sure interception. Uh, Just a a phenomenal play, and it was uh, on on both ends for for Lamar and for, for, uh, for Likely, who is, like you said, becoming a much more trusted target. And so now the Ravens set up uh, an incredible matchup. It's a Super Bowl rematch. Could be a Super Bowl preview. Ravens at the 49ers on Christmas night. This feels like, you know, the the best team in the AFC versus the best team in the NFC. You couldn't ask for much more. Um, it, it, it is very exciting. Both teams playing very well, obviously. Uh, four straight wins for the Ravens. And, and now you go... Uh, go out west and and take on this team that doesn't show a lot of weakness. Although may, maybe we saw a little bit of a chink in the armor to the 49ers defensively. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I think this is this could very well be a, a Super Bowl preview. Yeah, speaking of that 49ers game, let's talk about it. 45-29 over the Cardinals. Brock Purdy throws for four touchdowns. Debo Samuel had a big day. Christian McCaffrey had a monster day. 72 yards receiving and two scores. 115 rushing yards and the scores. Brock Purdy says he's the most valuable player in the NFL. Yeah, and that's nice of Brock Purdy to say, but I, Brock Purdy is now the favorite to be the league MVP, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think rightfully so. I, it, it's it's hard to believe that this kid who was a seventh round draft pick, you know, and is handling the offense the way he is. I mean, he, he doesn't make many mistakes and you're right. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, fantastic day, but they're just using him perfectly. He, he's always in the right place in the passing game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a machine. The The 49ers offense is a well-oiled machine and you know what the MVP is. It's the, you know, it's the most valuable yeah per quarterback I don't know how they do it but uh the most valuable per quarterback is, is going to be it looks like it's going to be Brock Purdy barring some disaster because while Brock Purdy was was just basically scoring touchdowns at will yesterday Dak Prescott had his worst game of the season so uh it, this was this was a real statement game for Brock Purdy and for the 49ers who again I, I, I've, I've been saying it this team at full strength is just it looks unbeatable. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of award races with Tyreek Hill not playing yesterday and McCaffrey doing what he did, McCaffrey might have locked up offensive player of the year because it was I think a, a two man right. race. But, yeah, la- you know, not having Tyreek out yesterday definitely gave McC- and McCaffrey having the day that he did just a massive boost. Well, let's talk about Dak Prescott, because you mentioned the subpar performance and to, to say that politely against the Bills as Buffalo wins 31 to 10. They improved to eight and six on the season and and they just got to Dak all game. I know it was only three sacks, but it just seemed like he was constantly under pressure. 
this was complete domination. I, I mean, from from bell to bell, this the the Cowboys were never in this game. AJ and Josh Allen threw fifteen passes, and the Bills scored thirty one points. Yeah, he, Josh Allen didn't have to do anything. Uh, the 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 Bills who never run the ball, they never run the ball. All now they, they did was run the ball. They ran the ball. They said this is the weakness in the Cowboys, and they ran the ball down their throat. Forty nine carries, two hundred and sixty six yards of rushing on the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys defense, which has, let's face it, a bunch of undersized guys who fly around, get to the football, and it's very effective against the pass. The Bills knew that. They said that's not our best path to victory. And, I mean, they they had their way. James Cook, 25 carries, 179 yards. That was just the rushing. Uh, don't don't count what he did in the passing game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, this was a, a phenomenal showing by the Bills offense in a way that we haven't seen before. Uh, like Josh Allen, the the numbers. If you saw, if if I said Josh Allen seven of 15, 94 yards and a touchdown, you probably think, oh, that's a terrible day. Yeah, it yeah. really wasn't. Josh Allen had a great game, and jo- Josh Allen just they used him when they needed to. Like on if it was third and four, Josh Allen was picking it up with his legs, and he did a, a couple times. He did that pump that pump fake fake pass, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. had guys bite, and then got the yards, and got right back to work. Cowboys a lot of self self inflicted wounds. Early on, a couple dumb penalties, roughing the roughing the punter once was one of them. Uh, you know, those those kind of things will, will kill you, especially if you're playing against a, another good team. And I talked about this with the Cowboys. The, this is a team that has not seen a lot of high level competition this year. Nine and one against teams with a losing record. One and three against teams with a winning record. And they didn't look like they belonged on the field last night. You mentioned, you know, Dak, a bad day, 38.4 QBR. He was 21 of 34 for 134 and one one interception, no touchdowns. And the Bills defensively, you know, we talked about him at the beginning of the year. This could be one of the best defenses in the league. They had all these injuries. They had injuries yesterday. A.J. Epinesa wasn't there yesterday. Uh, Micah Hyde wasn't available yesterday. Obviously, the guys from the beginning of the season weren't available. It didn't matter. They they still dominated this game. And I, I talked about earlier the, the Baltimore Ravens being the team to beat in the AFC. I, I really think the team the, the second best team in the AFC in my mind is the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh they're eight and six. They're, they're still not even a lock to make the playoffs. I, I, they've got to they've got to maybe win out to make the playoffs. They don't control their own destiny. But I can tell you this nobody wants to play the Buffalo Bills. Nobody wants to see that team come to town. I said that. I said they are the most dangerous team come playoff time. And uh, it showed it showed against the Cowboys what they are capable of when they play at at full strength. Let's call it Uh, elsewhere. The Rams with a 28 20 win over the commanders. Kind of a like a ho-hum day overall for Matthew Stafford. But Kyron Williams, I mean, AJ, how many times are we going to talk about what he means to this team? 27 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown. It's just a different offense when they when they have a runner in there. And you're right. I mean, ho-hum, I guess, for Matt Stafford. He was, he was pretty efficient. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, the, the Cooper Cup busted coverage was just, I mean, that's a freebie touchdown. Like, it was a 60-plus yeah. yard touchdown that, you know, like, you and I could have scored. But he, he had an 83-and-a-half QBR. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. it was a very efficient, effective day. And 
I, I really believe all of the success that he's having right now is coming because Kyron Williams gives that offense a different dimension that with the with Daryl Henderson or Royce Freeman or whoever, it just doesn't have Kyron Williams is a, a legit weapon and they have to account for it. No one cared about Daryl Henderson or Cam Akers for that matter. And yeah. so when, when those guys Cam were on the field, <laughs> it was like, we, we don't care. What, what, like, okay, run the ball. Go ahead. Go, like run into the back of your guard and then fall down and get your two yards and we'll go to the next play. You can't think that with Kyron Williams on the field. This dude is electric and the offense is, it's just on a different level right now. So uh, it, it's wild to think that a, a guy you find, in, I think the fifth round, uh, is having such an impact, but it, I mean, when you look at him, Puka Nakua, like it's all the we talked about this with the Rams. There's a bunch of kids, and it, who knows how long it'll take them to learn how to play. But when you've got guys like Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua who just show up, you know, off the bus and become like high level players, impact guys immediately, man, that makes a big difference. Absolutely. Uh, for the second time this season. The Carolina Panthers win a game. If a team wins a game, but nobody's there to see it, did it actually happen? Yeah. The, it's the like attendance. $4 tickets and still nobody. I, to be fair, the weather, was, the, the, the weather was pretty rough. Yeah, I don't know that I would have sat there to watch the Panthers. Exactly. Weather was terrible. And, and uh, I mean, they announced the attendance as like 70,000. Such a joke. But it, it was not even. <laughs> it was like 70 people, maybe. But the Panthers get the field goal as time expires. They beat the Falcons 9-7 in another week where I am questioning why Arthur Smith is a head coach in the NFL. First off, Desmond I mean, this might have just trash. this might have been like the yeah. end of his his rope. We know that Desmond Ritter's trash, but like Bijan Robinson who they spent a high pick on who is probably and I mean no disrespect to some of the other guys on the team their best, most gifted player on offense. He saw his fewest snap share yesterday in his entire career, besides that one game where he was, like, sick, they said, and then he yeah. came in for one carry at the end, so it ruined everybody that had, the, you know, the, the, the overs on him that they would have pushed. But how do you not use this player? I don't know if there's something going on during practice that he's in the doghouse or whatever, but I think it's criminal the way that Arthur Smith is coaching this Falcons team. I mean, you realize this is the same conversation we had about Kyle Pitts in his rookie year. Yeah. I mean, and it's, this is, this is what they do. They, they draft guys high and then they don't use them. They don't play them. And everybody says, what the hell? Don't trust Falcons with your fantasy team is the, is the key here. Like, <laughs> there's just, there's nothing to it. Like, it, cause you never know what they're going to do. You can't trust them. Uh, it, one reception for three yards for Bijan and seven carries for 11 yards. It's just, I, I don't know. And in, in a you, game would, where would, would, would you be surprised if Arthur Smith's fired when, you know, later on this morning? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. I would. But only because like, I don't know what the Falcons expectations were this season, but they're six and eight. They're still in the playoff mix. It's certainly an uphill climb at this point, but they're still in it. But I, I do think if they don't make the playoffs, which I don't think they will, at the end of the season, Arthur Smith will be done. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And by the way, the, the six and eight, they're still one game back of both Tampa and New Orleans. In I that mean, just juggernaut NFC teams. South. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's up for grabs. Speaking of the Saints, a 24-6 win over the Giants. I, I was on the Giants. I was very anti-Saints. And it wasn't that I was, like, buying into the the Tommy DeVito hype as, you know, he, he did have his best game of his career last week. 
But I just didn't think that the Saints team deserved to be laying, you know, close to a touchdown against anybody because offensively they don't do anything. Well, Derek Carr, 23 of 28 passing. You want to talk about efficiency, 218 yards, three touchdowns as New Orleans picked up the win and improves to seven and seven to tied for first place with the uh, with the Bucks right now. Yeah, not really an answer for Alvin Kamara. Uh, what I saw yesterday with the Giants, they, they just couldn't do it. They couldn't do anything to slow him down. And good old Jim Graham comes up with another touchdown. Yeah. Like the guy, he's just, uh, I guess he's just going to do this forever. Just show up and catch a touchdown every now and again. Uh, eight catches on the year for Jimmy Graham, four touchdown catches. That's official. It's unreal. <laughs> I was just shocked that Saquon Barkley just could not get going. Nine carries for nothing. 14 yards. He could yeah. do absolutely nothing. And if he's not doing anything, the Giants don't stand a chance. Nope. So uh, Giants five and nine now on the season. The Patriots hosted the Chiefs. They were nine and a half point dogs and they lose by 10. Kansas City wins 27-17. Yeah, or in the first half, I mean, they gave they gave the uh, the Chiefs hell, and really, when they scored a touchdown right before halftime, I was like, ah, Chiefs Chiefs are gonna get them, because had the had the Patriots taken a halftime lead, I felt like maybe you know things could break their way, but once the Chiefs took that halftime lead, I said, no, that that was their chance. If they don't let him in, it, maybe. But the Patriots' offense just is so bad. Now, mm-hmm. Bailey Zappi was was he was pretty rough again. I don't want to say he was terrible because the Patriots have have certainly had worse starting quarterback performances this season. But he he wasn't good enough to to win. And man, we got fooled last week. Zeke Elliott last week looked like he had some juice, mm-hmm. and then yesterday, I mean, he looked like. He looked like the Zeke Elliott that Dallas said, yeah, we're going to let you go. Yep. Uh, it, it was just a, a ho-hum. Like like I said, like hey, take a handoff, run into the back of your guard and fall down. It was one of those days. I had uh, an argument uh, with my partner in fantasy football about whether or not to start Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I was very against it because I said the Patriots run defense is just incredible. Like they're going to they're going to they're not going to allow him to do anything. 13 carries for 37 yards. So I was right except he had four catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. And Jarek McKinnon throwing a touchdown pass. How about that? Yeah, better QBR than uh, than Patrick Mahomes yesterday. <laughs> so it's uh, impressive, <laughs> impressive stuff. The Jets took on the Dolphins. No Tyree kill for Miami. No problem. Jalen Waddle, eight catches, 142 yards, and a touchdown as the Dolphins shut out the Jets 30 to nothing. Zach Wilson knocked out of this game early. Trevor Simeon played the bulk of the game, 14 of 26 passing, 110 yards, and two interceptions. This was an embarrassment. And it, like you could feel that the Dolphins wanted to embarrass the Jets. Mm hmm. And I mean, they went for it on four, like they were up from the beginning and they were going for it on fourth down the whole game. Uh, like they didn't care. It was like uh, even late in the game, I wanted like in the fourth quarter with a, a 27 to nothing lead, they were going for it on fourth down. They just said, you're not going to stop us. And this Jets defense, that was so elite early in the season. It's not like they were bad yesterday. They, I mean, they were put in a miserable situation like when, when, when your offense turns it over four times and has mm-hmm. like a hundred yards, like you, there's not much of a, like if you say, okay, we held the dolphins to 30 and that was the circumstance. It's not, not that bad, but the offense is just so poor. There's nothing. And, and 
we should have known that Zach Wilson game last week was a, a one-off. <laughs> I mean, we've seen a lot of Zach Wilson. We know that's not what he is. Um, and obviously, and I think what this shows is not, not that, you know, Trevor Simeon, some great backup or who, whoever the Jets have run out there is any good. But at some point, you've got to look at the offensive coordinator and say, hey, these are the guys that we've had all season. Like, figure something out. Figure something mm-hmm. out that works with these guys. Because if you can't, that, that becomes a coaching problem. Like, it, it, it doesn't make any sense that by now you haven't figured out the right way to utilize Zach Wilson. And I'm not saying Zach Wilson's ever going to be like a good NFL quarterback. But he's got enough tools that you should be—he should be at least like semi-functional half the time, and he, he's just not. He's—he's—he's he's, he's a disaster and mm-hmm. uh, probably broken. I, I don't know where he goes next, but wherever it is, like it, it's going to be like a, a a mental recovery process for him. It's good, yeah. It, it's going to be a long time before he uh, is an NFL starter, if he ever is again in his career. Uh, in overtime, the Texans beat the Titans 19-16. Case Keenum got the start for Houston, and Devin Singletary put the team on his back. 26 carries, 121 yards. Yeah, wild that, you know, the, the Texans just didn't have any weapons. They, they were without their top two receivers, without their starting quarterback, and it didn't matter. Uh, Case Keenum, I mean, let's face it, he, he didn't look great for most of the game mm-hmm. but uh but on the last drive when it looked like it was ba- it was going to be a tie I, I or it was going to you know like that was I was assuming that yeah this game's going to finish in a tie and me thinking from a Bills standpoint was that's good news if the, if the Texans get a tie that's good for the Bills that's one yes. one team that they jump over um and then that last drive from Case Keenum really that one throw from from Case Keenum uh to Dalton Schultz was just it was money and the, the Titan, the Titans blew this one. Titans well, couldn't, they couldn't get the run going at all. Uh, Will Levis, man, there, he showed some flashes yesterday. I, I'll be honest. There was some, some throws he made that I was like, man, that that's a dude. Uh, but then he, he gets sacked constantly uh, and he got hurt eventually late in the game. It's just, um, it, 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 this, this was a tough loss for the Titans who, you know, I, I think they probably felt like this thing was wrapped up and then it goes to overtime. They probably thought that it it at worst was a tie for, for that's gotta be just a, a dick punch to uh to to be feeling what they felt and, and end up with what they got. Well, don't look now, but because of Jacksonville's loss last night, the AFC South standings look like this. Jacksonville, Indy, and Houston are all eight and six. And they've all beaten each other. Houston has beaten the Jags, but lost to the Colts. The Colts have lost to the Jags, but beaten the Texans. And Houston's remaining schedule is uh, Browns, Titans, and then Colts at the end of the year, AJ. Yeah, Houston and the Browns next week is something. um, As those two teams, I mean, obviously the Browns have, they're in the driver's seat now with nine Mm -hmm. wins, uh, but they can't feel safe. They need to keep winning football games and it it, it could be the season for the Houston Texans next week. So it's mm-hmm. the AFC is just fascinating right now. There there's, there's not many great teams, uh, but there's a lot of pretty good teams. And the, the coolest thing is one of the great teams, the bills, I think is competing with all these pretty good teams <laughs> trying to catch up. And it's just, it's making for, it's going to make for fascinating, uh, fascinating drama down the stretch run well you mentioned the browns as they beat the bears 20 to 17 come from behind fashion joe flacco despite three interceptions 374 yards and two touchdowns 
And Cleveland, a team that has had more players on IR this season than anybody, is nine and five on the year. I, I guess I got to be honest. As much as I like, am, am not a big Kevin Stefanski fan. This is probably the best coaching job in football right now. It's pretty incredible, and I, I mentioned this on I think on the Dream Pod. This is the first coach, Kevin Stefanski, to have multiple winning seasons in his tenure you have to go back to marty schottenheimer like, <laughs> you're t- i'm talking about the the last time it, it was 1989 i mean or 1988 for the browns for the browns, for the browns yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like the browns just don't have this and so kevin stefanski locked up his second winning season yesterday and has the potential to to get to his second playoff Coaches don't do – I mean, it's hard to make the playoffs with the coaches or, or, or hard to make the, the playoffs with the Browns anyway. Um, it, I, I mean, like, before Stefanski, it was Butch Davis. Before Butch Davis, it was Bill Belichick to make it to the, the playoffs with the Browns. Yeah. So it doesn't happen often. So for him to do it twice is, like, basically a miracle. I got to be honest. He's, 50, he's plus 1,500 to win coach of the year. And 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 look, there's there's a lot of guys that are that are higher on the list that we can talk about. Dan Campbell's the favorite. Shane Steichen is the second favorite. You got D'Amico Ryan's, Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, all up there that have had tremendous seasons. But I just mentioned it with the injuries that that this team has undergone. Like for for Kevin Stefanski to get his team to where they are right now, it's incredible. They're going to win double digit games with this roster. And it's not just the amount of injuries, it's the amount of payroll. Like, show me a team that's going to the playoffs when you, you've got, you're on your fourth quarterback this yeah. season. A guy and, they picked up off of his couch. Yeah, I mean, to, I, I'm with you. I, I, to me, Kevin Stefanski should be the coach of the year. This is, uh, this is a, a I, I'll say D'Amico Ryan makes a damn good case because no one saw the Texans even being in this conversation. Mm. Um. But then again, like, what happens if the Bengals make the playoffs? Like, the Bengals shouldn't make the playoffs without Joe Burrow. It shouldn't happen. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're right there in the thick of things. So, yep. it's it's fascinating. And I think a lot of it is what we've seen these teams have to do with with no coat or with no quarterbacks. Every All these all these teams are losing their quarterbacks. To me, listen, if you've got a, a veteran quarterback who's played the full season, you're out of the mix this year. So if you're uh, <laughs> you're Doug Peterson or Mike McDaniel or Sean McDermott, or Dan Campbell, yeah, Dan Campbell or uh, Andy Reid, sorry, you've you've had your quarterback all year. You're not you're not doing a uh, you're not doing anything special, bro. Go lose that guy and then show me how many games you can win. And listen, it's not always the obvious guy that wins this award. I think Brian Dable came out of nowhere last yep. year to win the award he wasn't on anyone's radar because really. he had no business winning he has daniel yeah. jones yeah exactly and that's what happened the voters at the end of the year were like man getting this team into the playoffs is very joe, impressive joe flacco takes his team to the playoffs yeah kevin uh, is gonna win he I think, has to I'm, you know what i'm gonna talk to fez i think we need to put that in at I plus 1500 right. i think we got to put that in uh one final game from yesterday the bucks with a 34 20 win over the packers baker bleeping mayfield 381 yards and four touchdowns who is this guy i don't know um this was a this was a, a showcase performance for baker he was like I, i'm trying to get a job next year too this is the kind of job this is the kind of a uh, game that'll get it for him and somehow the tampa bay bucks sitting at 500 I, I thought tampa bay was gonna be like one of the five worst teams in the league 
it, it maybe that it, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but when we're talking about coach of the year, I mean, oh, stop I, it! No way, no, no. I, I know no. it sounds crazy. No, he's terrible. No, I, I'm not, say, not winning this award. I'm not saying he he isn't terrible, but Todd Bowles has this team at seven and seven, and I get it's a bad division. But if you said Todd Bowles is going to take this team to the playoffs, I, I mean, it would have been unimaginable, and they're, they're right there on the precipice of it. Let's talk about the three games that we saw on Saturday. It was the Bengals over the Vikings in overtime, 27-24. What a game. Colts beat the Steelers 30-13, to and the Lions blow out the Broncos 42-17. to What was your biggest takeaway from Saturday? Ooh. Uh, well, I, I, I was – I was, I guess it reiterated a couple things for me that Pittsburgh and Denver are both frauds. Like those yep. teams are not that good. Um, but for me, it, it was, it, I came away very impressed by Cincinnati. Um, it, I, I thought that the Minnesota defense was much better and they still found a way to win. So I, I got to give them some credit. It, it was a game that I didn't think they were going to win. I, I, I thought Minnesota was, was going to do enough to get the job done, but Cincinnati fought through. And that's what I was saying. Like, it's an impressive performance. Or impress- a lot of guys that I considered bad coaches coming into this season have done a good job. Yep. We have one more game uh, here in week 15 and Monday Night Football tonight. The Eagles are at the Seahawks. Philly is now a three-point favorite. The total is 45. We got the report yesterday that Jalen Hurts has been dealing with uh, a sickness. He's not feeling well. And it's gotten worse to the point where if the Eagles had to play yesterday, Jalen Hurts might not have played in this game, and he is officially listed as questionable, which is a downgrade on the injury report. Yeah, and, well, it's the same for Geno Smith. Um, it's, it, it, I think it's starting to look more and more like Geno's not going to play, even though they made it seem like he was going to. So we, we may have another backup quarterback uh, battle on Monday Night Football, which everybody will be thrilled about, especially the networks. Um, but, again, I, I – Jalen Hurts hasn't looked like himself to me in a while. Like Jalen Hurts doesn't look like the Jalen Hurts that we saw last year. Um, if he's not a hundred percent, maybe he shouldn't be out there. You know, I, I guess he, the Eagles are now tied with the Cowboys. Well, I guess no, they got a half game up on the Cowboys, so it might be a good time to just say, "Hey, let's get you right." We, we mm-hmm. you got a little breathing room last night or yesterday with the uh, with the Bills game. Maybe uh, sit this one out. We'll get. Let's get you right and, and be ready to go. A, a, a day of rest for or a week of rest for his body probably wouldn't be the worst thing anyway. If you want, to, like, if the goal is to win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, I got to be honest. Marcus Mariota can beat the Seahawks. And, and the truth is, like, listen, you're not going to be the one seed. The, the San Francisco 49ers are the one seed. Yes, and like, every everybody else, like, you're trying to win the division. So, Cowboys are they fell a half game back. Try to win the division because and, they, and all, even if even if they lose, like they still control their own path. Like as long as they win out or whatever, like yeah, they 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 have the division because of the tiebreakers. Because they're they're not catching the Niners. Like they no, they're basically two games behind the Niners now because the Niners beat them head to head. So yeah. ju- just focus on winning the division. If that means giving Jalen Hurts a night off, give Jalen Hurts a night off. And the Cowboys' remaining schedule is tougher than the Eagles' remaining schedule after tonight against the Seahawks. The remaining Eagles schedule is Giants, Cardinals at Giants. I mean, you've got the you've got the room. Give this guy a night off if he needs it. 
The other story involving the Philadelphia Eagles, and this was, you know, quiet, uh, a quiet move in the I coaching I sent you a text ranks. about this. Crazy, right? Yeah, no one knew about this, but apparently the Eagles made a switch, and Sean Desai, the defensive coordinator, will no longer be coached, will be calling plays. He is moving to the coach's booth, and Matt Patricia, who's been a defensive assistant for the team this year, is going to take over defensive play calling duties. Is that what happens when you give up 109 points in the last three games? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, I mean, it makes you know, sense. Last year, it was Jonathan Gannon, who's now the coach of the Cardinals. So uh, Desai was hired to replace him. And yeah, the Eagles defense just has not looked the same. They are not the same. This is not the same. But truthfully, the offense hasn't been the same either. This this Eagles team, I've taken a lot of grief from Eagles fans who who think that I'm wrong about them. They just, to me, they don't look like the contenders. When I see these other contenders in the league, it's like I, I see the flashes of brilliance where I'm like, oh, man, I, I could see this team making like a real run. I just don't see it with Philly. I, it, so it, it's hard for me. Like when I watch them play and I watch even on like the Cowboys, I saw them look terrible yesterday. But I've seen the Cowboys look so good at times this year that it's like I can't picture the Eagles being that good. I've seen the 49ers look so good this year that I, if the 49ers have their if they've got their B game one day, and the Eagles bring their A game, the 49ers win. Like, that, mm-hmm. that, I just – I don't see the Eagles as the kind of team who, un- unless they're playing at their absolute best and the other te- – like, the other top-tier teams make mistakes, the Eagles are just a, a notch below. And and to me, the in the NFC, it's San Francisco, Gap, Dallas, big Gap, rest of the league. Okay. Uh, the rest of the conference, I should say. I, I just think that – those two teams are head and shoulders above everybody and San Francisco's I mean a, a pretty good a, a pretty good mile ahead of the Cowboys too. I'm RJ Bell and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a salary chopped up and let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1 But I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players 
and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. NBA yesterday, a couple of big-time performances as Damian Lillard and Giannis combined for 68 points as the Bucs beat the Rockets 128-119. to Jalen Brown scored 31 points as the Celtics improved to 14-0 at home, beating the Magic 114-97. Pelicans beat the Spurs 146-110. That's assault, Suns. brother. Yeah, it was the Suns <laughs> over the Wizards 112-108. And the Warriors beat the Blazers 118-114. AJ, the win coming despite the fact that Steph Curry went 0 for 8 from three-point range. Yeah, the he, Steph Curry streak of 268 straight games with a three-pointer made came to an end. That was the longest streak in NBA history. The last time Steph Curry failed to record a three-pointer, November 8th, 2018. Unbelievable. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, we got to do the bounce back performance, right? And so they the still next... win. They still yeah. won. So the next Warriors game, we have to go over Curry three pointers, right? Like we just have to, it's got to be the bounce back performance. It, I, it, it's got to be. And I, <laughs> d- dude, I saw a list of the, the longest uh, active streaks or like the, the longest uh, regular season streaks. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you add together the next five guys on the list, it's still less than 268. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is like, I mean, it's like a Cy Young, like 500 and something wins. Like, no one's ever going to touch mm-hmm. that. Wow. That's crazy. That's like when, um, when like, you know, Brett Favre obviously had his consecutive start streak. And then it was like Philip Rivers was, was up on the list. And Eli Manning was still like 30 or something starts behind. <laughs> like, it's like, wait a minute. Like, he's on this list, but he's, got two three full seasons that he's not going to catch up yeah yeah things like that are funny uh, let's take a look at the schedule for tonight the rockets are at the Cavs. cleveland laying four and a half you have the clippers at the pacers and la is a two and a half point favorite aj total of 240 and a half what do you like here i mean I, the first thing i look at with pacers is always the over i mean they seem not to play any defense they score at will especially at home so i i'd lean to an over here uh, you, you mentioned the, the Rockets and the Cavs game, the Rockets on the road, you know, four, four and a half doesn't feel like that many, uh, the Rockets so good at home and, and so bad away from home this season, I'd lean to the Cavs there. Uh, but in that Pacers game, I, I'd look to the total before anything else. Bulls are at the Sixers, Philly laying 10 and a half, the Pistons, 23 consecutive losses are at the Hawks, Atlanta minus 10 and a half. Is this the night AJ? Is this the night? God, the Hawks are not very good. I mean, if there's if there's a night is somewhere in the windshield, it's got to be this, right? Um, but no, it's not the night. The Pistons suck. They're not going to win. <laughs> Timberwolves are at the Heat. Minnesota, one and a half point favorites. Hornets at the Raptors. Toronto laying ten and a half. Grizzlies at the Thunder. OKC, nine and a half point favorites. Mavs at the Nuggets. Denver, 
laying seven and a half at home. Nets are at the Jazz. Brooklyn minus three and a half. Wizards at the Kings. Sacramento minus 11 and a half. You know, Keegan Murray this weekend set the NBA record with 11 consecutive three-pointers made. Does he stay hot here for Sacramento, or do we, like, fade that and go under his three-pointers or something like that? Like, maybe he has a cold shooting night. I doubt he has a cold shooting night at home, uh, but Sacramento minus 11.5 against the lowly Wizards feels like the way I would look. I I mean, I've been hesitant to fade these just bottom-of-the-shoe teams, but this feels like the Kings at home, knowing that they shoot so well at home, I could see them running away from the Wizards. And the Lakers hosting the Knicks, L.A., four-and-a-half-point favorites. The famous Toastery Bowl takes place today, or I guess it's a, it's a day game. with Day game, day football on a Monday. Gotta love it. Uh, Old Dominion and Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky now five, five-and-a-half-point dogs in some places. Uh, total has dropped from 55 and a half down to 52. And all of this is on reports that Austin Reed unlikely to play the Western Kentucky quarterback who is going to play in the shrine bowl. Uh, but they were already going to, you know, they were already going to be out several players, nearly their entire offensive line is going to miss the game. Three of their four starters in the secondary are out, uh, and their backup quarterbacks already opted out. So it looks like it's going to be uh, Tyson Helton's uh, nephew, right? Clay Helton's Cle- son. No, Clay Helton's nephew. Right? Clay Helton's. It's so tight. Ty- no, it is. No, it's ty- Clay Helton's son. Tyson Clay Helton Hel- is yes. the coach. It's the, it's the coach's son. It's no, it's the coach's, the coach's nephew. nephew. It's Clay Helton's son. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, but listen, so I, I, I played Old Dominion early uh, because I thought that this might happen. Um, I, I'd still probably play Old Dominion under a touchdown. They're they're one of the most explosive teams in the country, and uh, with Western Kentucky missing all those bodies in the secondary, it feels like this this could be bad. Western Kentucky was a team that was supposed to compete for the conference title. Now they're in the Toastery Bowl, and it, I, I just can't I, I can't back them. So uh, I, I like Old Dominion here. And this was remember this was supposed to be the Bahamas Bowl but got relocated to Charlotte and became the famous toastery. Bowl. Of course. So imagine these kids thinking, oh, my God, we're going to the Bahamas. Nope. And we're going to Toast Charlotte, Charlie. North Carolina. Yes. Bowl season continues this week. And AJ and I will be back on RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed with a full breakdown of the upcoming bowl games this week. On the ice yesterday was the Canucks over the Blackhawks, 4-3. Capitals, a 2-1 win over the Hurricanes in the shootout. Ducks beat the Devils, 5-1. Avalanche route the Sharks, 6-2. And our Vegas Golden Knights with a 6-3 win over the Senators. On the schedule tonight, the Ducks are at the Red Wings. Detroit, minus 210. The Wild at the Penguins. Pittsburgh, minus 125. Canadiens visit the Jets. Winnipeg, minus 225. Kraken are at the Stars. Dallas is minus 190, and the Panthers are at the Flames, Florida, minus 125. You still have time to get the rest of 2023 for free from your favorite pregame pro when you purchase a 2024 all-access, meaning you get every pick from your pro of choice for the entire calendar year of 2024, and we throw in the remainder of 2023, so you get two weeks for free, but not just uh, that's not the only bonus you get 20% off of your purchase by using our promo code bagel 20 B-A-G-E-L 20 bagel 20 gets you 20% off 
any purchase at pregame.com. But if you use it towards the 2024 all access from your favorite pregame pro, you're getting the most bang for your buck, in my opinion. So bang. use the promo code BAGEL20 and take 20% off your purchase at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah.